Welcome to Away From The Bench, where we explore how on earth researchers are attempting to remain productive in unproductive circumstances, maintain their positivity, and look after themselves and their families during uncertain times. Today I've got a conversation I had with the wonderful Hazel Lambert, a public engagement with research manager at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, recorded on the 1st of April. We talk about her insights into working from home after doing it in a previous role for nearly four years, which you can read about in a blog post linked in the show notes. Her tips on how we can try to adapt to this new normal and what massive tune gets the crowd going at the working from home office disco. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Hazel. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. It's really nice to see you on the video call. I'm just going to turn off my emails because they've just popped up and made a noise. <laughs> the perils of uh, of um, podcasting and working with computers. Um, can you um, can you tell us where are you right now? Where are you in the world? Where are you in the country? Where are you in the house? What can you see? Um, I'm looking out the window. At a view of Benarty Hill, um, totally uninterrupted with freshly ploughed fields in between the window and the hill. Um, I'm next to Loch Leven, sitting at my desk because I usually work one day a week from home. So I was all set up and ready to go. Great. So you're you're just across the, the Firth of Forth from me in, in Fife, is that right? Um, oh, I'm, it's, it's Perth and Kinross. Oh, okay. <laughs> not Fife. <laughs> you're, 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 you're not a local there then in that case, if you're making that distinction. <laughs> Definitely not, no. <laughs> and um, it looks like you're at the window and the sun is shining today in Perth and Kinross. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. We're all good. It's a, it's a, nice, it's a nice day today. Um, how's your day going so far? Um, okay. Um, my husband is here as well. He's been um, defined as a Category 1 key worker. So this is actually his first day of attempting to work from home. And I've seen his serious work face for the first time since he was a PhD student, which is quite interesting. Um, But he has taken the kids into the attic to play with Lego. And they're looking for Lego minifigures that we can use to make a video to demonstrate social distancing. So... Brilliant. I, I think a lot of people are now seeing their, their their husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, partners in a different light. They're seeing them in that in that work work environment, work face as you as you put it, and it's it's quite surprising for some folk. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not it's not easy for him. He usually has six screens and he's got two. Oh, oh I, I my heart goes out to him only having two screens. And how big are those two screens? Are they big, like, 32-inch monitors or something? One's a laptop. Um, he was looking pretty stressed, to be honest. Yeah. Why is everything so small? And I'm not letting him anywhere near my computer, because this is my computer. It's like, you can't have it for your work. This is my work. Absolutely. Pr- protect your own workspace. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, can you tell us, uh, Hazel, can you tell us what your job is, what your role is, um, and... Yeah, t- tell us about that. 
I work in the College of Medicine and Veterinary Medicine for the University of Edinburgh and my job essentially is to help researchers share what they're doing with the wider world. We call it public engagement with research but also invite some perspective back the other way so that we can design research questions, complete research projects that have really have an impact on the world. Brilliant. Um, so bringing that forwards what's your normal day or week like for you um do you have lots of meetings with researchers to try and communicate their work better uh leading workshops that kind of thing i spend a lot of time at my desk and a lot of time talking to people a lot of time out and about in meetings and trying to learn more about their work trying to set up new ways of working and trying to share that with other people through our public engagement network um but my usual pattern is I work four days a week. I do one day at home. I have a long commute. I'm usually out of the house from half eight until about 7.30, 8pm in the evening. Um, and all that time I'm talking to other people or at my desk. So this is really quite different for me as well. Also because I have two children who are eight and five and they've been at home with me for nearly two weeks now. So it's different for them too. Wow, wow! I can I can sympathise with that. Um, working, you know, you have one day a week at home. Is it the kids are at school? Yeah, normally kids would be at school. And um, I was a freelancer for years before I started this job, so I'm really used to working at home, and I'm good mm-hmm. at just getting my head down, just getting on with it, and not being dis- distracted by the things around me. Um, but the reality is, two primary school age children they need my attention. I can't work when they need me. So you must have found it a bit of a surprise then to, um, given your previous experience of working at home, to then be back to that environment. But all of a sudden, you maybe don't have the 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 same the same focus in the same way, or there's different distractions. Um, well, I think yeah. the thing that we all need to acknowledge here is that the world has just totally changed all around all of us, and nothing is the same for anybody. And probably won't be for quite a long time. So, yes, it's really different. Um, I've always been of the mind that you can't look after children and work at the same time. Um, they both need your kind of undivided attention. And so I've always had childcare while I've been working at home. Yeah, I've never yeah. attempted to do both at the same time. Um, and the university is such a flexible and fantastic employer that they've said, look, for everyone whose kids are suddenly at home, you've got this emergency leave, use it. And so that's what I've been trying to do. The daytime, they have my attention. I'm with the kids. The evening, I'll sit down, I'll sort through my emails. Um, and thank goodness for Maddie Moat and Greg Foote at 11 o'clock. <laughs> They've been doing a brilliant show called Let's Go Live. And that's when my team call is every day. So regardless, uh-huh. I dial into my team call. I know what's going on. I can contribute. Um, I can say, right, I'll do that this evening. Um, but daytime, I'm the kids. Like, they need me. So Great. I, I think those are two really, really, really important points. Firstly, you said that, you know, this isn't normal. There is a crisis. Um, and we shouldn't be expected or expecting ourselves to carry on as normal. And also that... Yeah, if you have kids in the house, it is just impossible um, to to work productively and kind of look after them 
and give them the attention they deserve at the same time. I think, I think we will definitely be revisiting that um, in this conversation. Um, so you're not a, you're not a researcher per se, but, um, you do interact with them on a daily basis. So I think you do have quite a bit of insight into how, into, into the psyche of, 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 of us scientists. Um, but I wanted to talk to you because, um, you did, uh, you, you wrote a, bro- a blog post, which I will link to in the show notes for this episode. And you posted it on the 24th of March, which, um, was the day after it was announced the UK went into, um, a complete lockdown. Um, and I thought it was, it was, it was a really good post to read. You said yourself to me earlier that you just fired it off quickly with your, with your thoughts, but I reread it this, this morning before we talked. Um, and I thought it was a really good primer for people that might just be entering into a working from home, um, kind of state. And I thought it might be interesting to kind of go through that blog post and maybe discuss some of the points you made in it a little further. Um, it was quite useful for getting people perhaps not telling them how to work from home, but to get them thinking about um, the aspects that they might not pick up on that have, have changed. Um, do you remember writing that? Can you, do you, do you need some, 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 some reminders of what you, what you wrote about? <laughs> no, it, it was really easy for me to write that because I've been through this before. I was made redundant when I was on maternity leave from a job that I had lived and breathed. And so my whole world kind of changed, you know, I was that job. Um, mm. And I came right out the other side of it, doing things that I never expected I would do, yeah. running projects that, you know, were so exciting, like exploring ideas that I would never have got a chance to had I not been made redundant. And I did all of that from working at home. So all mm-hmm. of the things that I wrote in that blog post, they're the kind of things that I learned over time. And just, I did it quickly because I thought, this is something that I can do to support my colleagues because that's how I like to work. I I have worked on the administrative side of medical research for pretty much my whole career. And so I've always been there trying to enable researchers to do the best that they can do. And so that's why I wrote this blog post because I thought this is something simple. Maybe it can give others some comfort. Um, You know, these are things that you can do just to get you started. And just that point of this is not business as normal. It really Mm -hmm. isn't. This is just kind of find your routine, find a way to cope, get everything else in place first. I spent most of last week really, really worried that I wasn't going to be able to find food to feed my kids. That's what I was worried about. And now I've got that sorted. I've moved on to next phase of being like, okay, now my husband and I need to figure out uh, what days can I work? When can he work? How are we going to do this? How am I going to get prescriptions for my mom? You know, all those kinds of things. Um, at this stage, I just really wanted to make that point that people need to be kind to themselves and give themselves space and just do what they can. Nobody is expecting anyone to be able to sit down and work 37 hours a week like they did before or be at the bench because that's impossible now. The research buildings are closed. Um you know, if you can sort out a routine, get yourself feeling okay, then you can move on from there. Yeah, yeah, cool. Let's uh, let's let's discuss it a little bit then. Uh, your first point was creating a workspace. What's your workspace like right now? I can only see I can only see a bit of your living room, but it looks very tidy from what I can I can tell. I've been having a good laugh with I've done so many video calls in the past week, and in one, my eight year old came down the stairs. You can see them in the background, and he was trying to talk to me, and I was kind of doing the whole. Like, I 
I'm sorry, I can't talk to you right now. He turned around and he flounced up the stairs really dramatically and just like threw <laughs> himself on them. And all the people on the call burst out laughing because they could see that happening in the background. And I was just like, oh, this is this is not working. Um, but I'm very lucky. I have a desk in the corner that has been here for two years. Um, I've got my computer set up. I've got my notepads. I've got a lovely view out the window. Um yeah, it's all very organised and normal for us. Um, so that's why the first point in my blog post, I said, just create your workspace so you know that that's where you go to work. And if you can hide it away, all the better. If you can close the door on it, it means you don't, you're not reminded of work when you're sitting trying to watch TV. Um, and, you know, if you, I know for some people they're actually having to work and sleep in the same room which can be challenging. So, you know, as simple as throw a towel or a blanket over your laptop or whatever it is, like hide it away so you don't have to look at it. Yeah, it could be as simple as setting up your computer and a nice pot plant and a mug of coffee and then putting that away when you decide you've finished. Yeah. Um, You touched on it briefly there about prioritising, you know, finding food for your kids would be an example. So prioritisation obviously extends beyond just just work. Um, I think it's important that, you know, we all have a limited amount of time and attention in our day. And the other point you made in your blog post, which I I have to remind myself, is that good is good enough. And that's perhaps an excellent message for a lot of a lot of perfectionists um, in in the world, but how do you prioritize kind of things? Is it just as a what deadline is coming next, or what task will gain me the most? Uh, I don't know return on my time. How do you do it? Um, the way that I do it is I think of knock on effects. So mm-hmm. if there's a deadline for something and I'm not in control of that deadline, um, then that piece of work needs to be done first because there's someone else waiting for it to enable something. So, you know, from my line of work, an example would be completing my bit for the review of the Institutional Strategic Support Fund. You know, if I didn't do my bit, then it means the person who's waiting to collate everything is slowed down as well. So I think about knock-on effects and prioritise things that way. If it's just a meeting where someone's like, right, let's catch up on that project... And I know that that project is running along quite happily. I'll say, okay, can we put that off for another day? Because I need to use the time that I do have available. Say I've only got two hours. I need to use that towards this piece of work. That's, you know, it's going to be a problem if I don't get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just prioritise ruthlessly. And the bit about good being good enough, I think this is something that everyone can benefit from, crisis or no crisis. Sometimes And this is what I learned when I was a freelancer. If you've only got three hours to do a piece of work and your client's saying, I can only pay you for three hours, you do the very best you can in those three hours and then you move on to the next thing. And that's not a way a lot of us are used to working. So I think think that's something I've learned and adapted how I work with having um, children, um, other kind of defined kind of limited time limitations. that I have to stop. If I've got an hour to do something, I do it in that hour. If I've got three hours to do the same thing, <clears throat> same thing takes me three hours. <clears throat> David, you're coughing. Um, I know, I know, but it's a, it's a, it's, nobody wants to hear this, but it's, it, it, it's a wet cough. So, <laughs> so that doesn't count. It's not persistent either. <laughs> but yeah, I'm totally paranoid about, you know, all these coughs and things that all my kids do. Um, Really quick question. Um, 
I think we're all now using kind of video chat a lot more um, and a lot more spontaneously too. Me personally, like I'm, I still feel like I need to kind of schedule these things with people. Um, they're definitely better than texting an email because you get to see how somebody's responding. Um, however, I, this is a thought I had yesterday that a question for a colleague that I might just put my head into their office door or spin around in my chair and ask them. Do I now need to kind of schedule that question with them? Can I ask, can I, can I just phone them up on Zoom or WhatsApp? Like, what's your advice on uh, on maintaining that kind of interaction, spon- the spontaneity of kind of social interaction with colleagues? I think that's a really good question. And I think that's where routine and structure comes in. So I've said to people, anybody can look at my diary and you'll see when I'm available. I'm keeping it up to date and you can phone me on my mobile if you need to check in on something. Um, Our team, the way that our team has worked since the week before lockdown started, um, we set up a call at 11 o'clock every day on Teams and everyone checks in on that call if they can. You don't have to, but that's where we're asking the kind of incidental questions that you mentioned. We're just saving them up for then because we know that we'll see people for half an hour and we get an update from our manager. And But we also do the really, right, how's everyone doing? Everyone okay? How are you feeling today? What are you worried about? Um, and so that's when we're asking the incidental questions within our team. But maybe that's a way for thinking about how you're working, saying to people that you would normally have interaction with, this is when you can get in touch with me, this is when I'm available. And I always say to people, you don't need to make an appointment between 9 and 10 on weekday mornings, just phone me and then you you know, you can get over yeah. the things done quickly. Because sometimes when you're trying to schedule something, it can be weeks before you can get in someone's diary. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. I'll, I think I'll leave some of the other kind of things you covered in the blog post for people to read. I, I really um, enjoy covering those things with you. Um, if we ever return to, you know, what I'm now doing an imaginary inverted comma sign to put around the word normal, if we ever return to a kind of a normal state, um, what do you think, uh, people or, yourself or researchers might take from what they've learned from how they've changed their work habits um, at the moment or over the next few months? What do you think they'll take from that back to that new normal? What do you think they'll they'll start to employ? I think people will just be a bit more flexible about how they work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know within the university, a lot of us have huge flexibility anyway, but something that... Um, we're going to start offering in our team is we're jokingly calling it the not COVID comms clinic <laughs> because we want to offer a kind of online clinic once a week for about four or five hours and say anybody within the College of Medicine and Vet Medicine, if you have a communications or public engagement question that you're just looking for a bit of help on or you need some advice on, you can book in a slot Um and it'll be online, it'll be a Teams call or a Zoom call. Um, that's not something that we did before, and we're going to try it during this period. But if it works, then I can imagine that's the kind of thing that I would just move to my working at home day. And then mm-hmm. I can save so much time because I go to Roslyn, I go to the Western, I go to the Biopwater, I go to the city centre, and that takes up so much travel time. 
And I think a lot of us will just cut that travel time and start doing more calls like this instead because now yeah, we know yeah. it works and we know it's effective. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it'll be really interesting to see if people continue to use um, video chat or um, things that maybe either don't need kind of face-to-face per se discussion or, you know, the challenge of distance is is just kind of too much. Yeah. I think a a lot of things will be more efficient, perhaps. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Or maybe we'll value that face-to-face interaction more than we did before. I mean, we just took it for granted that you could see your colleagues every day and smile and say hello. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think think that will also be true as well. It'll be it'll be a brave new world if we ever get that far. Sorry, that's my that's my natural cynicism creeping in there. Uh, wonderful, Hazel. Wonderful. Let's wrap things up with um, my highly entertaining quick fire questions that I love to ask. Uh, goodness, it's ten o'clock in the morning with you. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, Rice Krispies. Oh, my son loves that with uh, with sultanas. Yes. <laughs> oh, he'll be so jealous. He'll be so jealous. And um, what's for dinner tonight? Um, oh, goodness knows. That's hours away. I have no idea. I, I'm, <laughs> my husband's going to take care of that. <laughs> You're right. We've not even got as far as lunch yet, let alone mid-morning coffee. That's the next thing on the list. Um, do you have time for a little bit of TV? I found it. I just haven't been able to watch TV because I actually feel exhausted. I've been yeah. attempting to be a primary school teacher and work, and I just am fast asleep. I just don't have the energy to watch TV. <laughs> do you give yourself any time for yourself yeah. or to relax? Yeah. And what no, do you do? We've each been going out for a walk or a cycle. Yesterday, for example, with the kids, we watched two YouTube videos about tadpoles, and then we actually went and found some frog spawn. So brilliant. that was brilliant. And we took it. We took a Bluetooth speaker with us and had a disco on the way. So oh well, that is the next question. Um, you love you love a, an office disco. <laughs> now i i don't know if you want to share your spotify playlist with the world but you know is there any what what what's an absolute banger of a tune that really really, really brightens uh, up your calvin day or gets you moving? calvin harris bounce yeah right, that's I'm a put, good one because it reminds me I'm of gonna, being at tea in the park and like us all going a bit crazy and just having the best time ever it was good wonderful Put that on repeat. Yeah. Put that on repeat yeah. for the rest of the day. I can't, there's no way I can afford the licensing fee for it. So it's not going in the podcast, but I'm fairly sure everyone else can, can Google it on their favorite music service. We're going to get cut off in about one minute. Oh, no. Uh, one more question. One more question. Um, how can people f- contact you, find out more about you, social media? Um, uh, so Twitter at sciencehzla is my handle on Twitter. Brilliant. That's easy. Uh, that's close enough. And before you get cut off, can I just congratulate you on having an excellent uh, automatic reply where you highlight that you're juggling work and two wee wild boys so that you might take a bit longer than usual. I appreciate the honesty in that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they are actually physically hanging off me. So <laughs> more, more, more people should have honest automatic replies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so Wonderful. nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Hazel. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye.
Hello again. Thanks for sticking around this long. I hope to keep these conversations relatively bite-sized for your consumption. If you want to get in touch about anything we've talked about or with any comments, you can find us on Twitter at at AFTB underscore podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day and have an amazing week. Folks. 